Oh, wow, Janet Lee. That reminds me of a song I wrote years ago. Be happy and smile. There's plenty to sing about. And all those songs, they're just on the roll honor. And I don't mean R-O-W. I mean R-O-L-L because that melody was just rolling along. You're great. God bless you. And hello out there, everybody. So here we go again. We are involved in the astounding Bible revelation of the universe. This is part 13, and we've got some things to talk about. And uh, we're going to get right into them because, uh, well, there's a lot to cover. <clears throat> I shared with you in one of the other broadcasts this little bit here, but I want to read it again. In the Bible, in Psalms 19 and Romans 10, is a description of an intervening line and sound called by the Holy Manifest the Soundtron. The Soundtron, that's S-O-U-N-D-T-R-O-N, Soundtron, as an agency for God, has knowledge of the know-all, see-all kind. There is a way that the Holy Spirit can work in a mortal to open a medium, a medium of mind space so vast that nothing can hide truth and knowledge from Soundtron vision. The whole universe and all its works and all its mysteries is subject to the surrendering its all of all to the Soundtron vision. In the star rise of my mind, I have from time to time experienced the Holy Spirit revealed Soundtron vision. And it is like discovering a space of, of superimposition of time and place and order. Well, today we have so much to cover. And we want to talk about, uh, you know, so many different kinds of, of things that uh, are going to be pretty expansive. But talking about expansive... Um, uh, even if I mentioned this before, I want to repeat it, because there is a vacancy out there. There is a void out there. And even though we sail on top of the ocean waters, uh, even though we have vast ships that, uh, that move about in shipping lanes, the ocean, which covers 71% of the Earth's surface and contains 95% of the planet's water, is of the situation that there is yet 95% of the underwater world that remains unexplored. 95% of the underwater world of the oceans remain unexplored. Wow. So the ocean supports nearly 50% of all species on Earth. And there is the need of a discovery and that need of discovery is going to reveal that there is a, a new force that the, the world has not reckoned with that the highest science minds have have not capitulated to that is uh, powering the universe some people call it dark energy some people call it dark matter but when the revelation is really known because you have that same situation <clears throat> with the with the universe that only uh four to five percent of the universe is is known or talked about or understood or configured so we've got to keep that in our mind it is of absolute importance well there's a lot going on and usually there always is 
But, you know, especially right now as people look at this ending uh, date that they think maybe the world could end and, and preachers have preached it and evangelists have, have fussed with it and tried to put tapestry to it, make it sound something uh, both glorious and horrifying at the same time. Um, they're, they're, they talk about earthquakes. And so I just picked up a few little places here in, in the kind of uh, panorama of fear that is uh, succinct out there uh, in these uh, minds, you know, that uh, are trying to quiz the things of God uh, by their own kind of thinking and uh, not realizing how many uh, thousands of miles uh, veered off from truth that they are. But anyway, they say things like, oh, there's too many earthquakes going on, too many earthquakes. Something is really wrong out there. Something is really wrong. 39 quakes in just a few days. And, uh, you know, big quake in Indonesia, 8.6 and 8.2 on the Richter scale, uh, followed by more quakes in Mexico and seismic forces grip parts of the earth. Wow. Lots of stuff being talked about. You know, epicenter, vast tectonic plate moves, uh, almost supernatural seismic activity, and a warming hole in the sky above the U.S. caused by pollution, caused by variation of sea temperature. They don't know. And it seems like hardly anyone else knows. Then there's, you know, the, the fear of coronal mass injection releases from the sun. And there is just a, a prominence of arcing uh, pandemonium pandemani uh, that people are just uh, freaked out about. Uh, this um, kind of uh, thinking... Uh, they just don't know how to administer. So this pandemonium is, uh, is quite the funny bird in some ways. And then in another way, it's quite very serious because of the, the fear that uh, it is uh, building in a lot of people. Well, there's some things that have happened. Uh, there's a Texas lake that uh, has turned red and it looks like blood. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it has... Uh, stopped all fishing now there's no fishing anymore in it and people say my god it's a sign it's, it's in the bible the bible says that that this is what the angels are going to do they're going to turn the rivers and the lakes to blood and and so this is the apocalypse and and the angel is pouring out his bowl uh into the rivers and in in into the lakes uh well uh, you know don't jump too fast uh, too fast, uh, you know. This uh, there's been a uh, a huge um, drought in 75 percent of the state of Texas, and uh, due to this drought, uh, it has affected the lakes and some of the rivers, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> you know the fish have died due to stagnant water, and uh, there is a uh, you know a, a bloody look effect. That's for sure. But there is a bacterial thing, uh, chromati uh, acri. Uh, the chromati acri is a, uh, a disease 
that thrives uh, when oxygen uh, deprives uh, being available in the water. And, of course, that causes the fish to die, and it causes other kind of problems. And it also, that particular uh, uh, bacteria does turn the waters uh, red, you know. But I'm sure there's people out there that they're just absolutely, well, you can say what you want, and it can be caused by whatever it's caused, but it still is a sign from God that the end of the world is here, and there's there's too much going on. There's too much going on. And so... And then we got things like in Sweden, we got this huge sinkhole that's uh, <clears throat> some six, uh, 60 feet deep, and I think I read it was 500 feet wide. Uh, that's quite a mark on Earth. And, uh, and then there are um, uh, other things happening, like, uh, for instance, um, you know, uh, there's mysterious the mysterious blue stones that they found, which, uh, according to the accounting mathematically of, of radiation aging, uh, dates back to 12,000 years before Christ. And they don't know what these stones are. Uh, they are unlike any other material on Earth, uh, and they're produced by what seems to be some kind of highly advanced civilization that was once on Earth, and it's been lost in time. And then they have found these jugs and other kinds of, uh, of uh, uh, pieces uh, left over from civilizations of long ago that were made uh, spherically, so that they were made by spherical measurements. Well, I found that very interesting because in my math uh, to uh, do some performance about uh, things regarding the Ark of Noah, uh, we used... Uh, uh, spherical uh, geometry and uh, which is a sort of new type of math and it's very interesting but uh, this thing of, of these, these spherical measurements uh, that's interesting and they they say you know it it uh, uh, it ties into a lost uh, civilization near the Indian Ocean and they feel that according to their measurements it dates back a hundred thousand years and uh, and uh, it was destroyed uh, eight thousand years ago well eight thousand years ago is interesting because that is just roughly about um you know the time of the end of the ice age and and uh, and as a result of the ice age uh, very likely the flood of noah now of course i use a totally different timing scale than than your average uh, christian uh theologist uses uh, because uh, that is, uh, unless you do that, you're not going to get the right time. And when you don't get the right time, uh, then the geologists uh, go out and the, and, uh, the archaeologists also and the, and the paleontologists, and they look at, at the earth and they say, well, no, nah, there's no way that, uh, that this flood could have happened at that time. And uh, then it just makes uh, everybody who claims to be a Christian to appear as though they're just stupid. Uh, you know, God's going to clear up a lot of this, uh, this uh, glum and, and, and dumbness. He's going to clear a lot of this up because the new revelation of the knowledge that's going to fill the whole earth uh, as the waters cover the sea is, is working its way up. And uh, and then you know there's there's other kinds of of, of things. Uh, they found this electronic component embedded in granite, uh, which they also feel is about a hundred thousand years old. And um, <clears throat> you know um, 
uh, they say, but you know, uh, that sounds like a long time, 100,000 years. But when you're looking at uh, like the Ice Age, for instance, uh, uh, geologistically, uh, if you look at it geologistically, uh, it's just moments ago. Uh, on the scale of of that kind of gene, you know genealogy, so um, uh, then you know you've got uh, these animals called mammoths that uh, they have found you know their their bodies frozen uh, standing upright. Uh, they were like eight ton mammoths with ivy tusks that were six feet long or longer, sixteen feet rather long or longer. So eight-ton mammoths with ivy tusks, 16 feet or longer. Wow, that's, uh, that's, that's, quite, that's quite a thing. So uh, there's a lot going on, and that's not all. Uh, the Arctic is, is, is melting. And um, I've, I've told this to some different ones in the, in the not-too-long-ago past, and I had them just, you know, basically make, make a funny-funny out of it that I was just wrong and didn't know what I was talking about and that that was just all a conspiracy to make people afraid and make people think that that you know that the world the, that there was a destruction coming uh, that way and, and that wasn't the plan of God and and I don't remember exactly all the things that some of these people did say but but uh, you know what uh, the proof is in the pudding now and and uh, Greenland has almost lost its ice cover the sled dogs uh, they have no jobs anymore, so they're killing them and selling them and getting rid of them. Uh, the Arctic is, is, they say, just within another couple summers, uh, it, it'll, it'll not have any more ice on it. And uh, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, the reason that I'm wanting to especially mention this is because um, I want to talk later uh, here on the uh, Kim Trails. Some people call it uh, uh, Kim Tales, and some people call it Kim Trails. Both terms have been used by some uh, rather scientific-type people. Uh, I'll be calling it today at, uh, Kim Trails when I get into it. But um, anyway, uh, they are saying that the sea, level are, uh, sea levels are at potential to rise. And they expect that they in 10 years, now 10 years is not very long, ladies and gentlemen. And they expect that they could rise 20 meters. Now, uh, they have found areas uh, along the coast where there are watermarks, where the ocean has been as much as 60 and in some places almost 80 feet higher. And... and you know, there, there, there is a recycling here. There is a return to, to a time of the past when the oceans uh, had all this water in them and they were at these high sea levels. And, you know, uh, what that means is that uh, uh, almost all the major cities of the world which are located on ocean uh, shores uh, are, are, are going to be uh, destroyed. And we're only talking here, uh, according to this figure, 10 years away. And people say, oh, no, I, I just don't believe that's possible. Well, you know, they didn't believe the flood in the days of Noah was possible. They didn't think that could happen. And they were, they were doing all the regular things that people do. When the flood came, they had no place to go. And they perished. 
So, you know, this, um, uh, this Arctic melt, uh, melt is going to affect, it's going to affect all the world. It's going to affect Europe. It'll even affect certain things in Canada because the fresh water supply uh, that generally comes down from from the Arctic, uh, you know, does come like all the way into the Edmonton area here, where where not far from where I live, and uh, so because these are glacier-fed rivers such as the Saskatchewan and the Bow, and and that water is used for irrigation and 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 uh, the the cities. Uh, uh, like uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatoon, uh, and they depend on them for municipal water and and uh, you know uh, various kinds of uh, of uh, recreation and and uh, so forth. So um, uh, it it is it is uh, no small uh, thing that we're talking here. It's not a game. Uh, you know, just as a reminder of, of of how it used to be way a long time ago. They, they discovered some time ago a fossilized forest uh, found on the Bailat Island uh, uh, in uh, uh, Nunavik uh, and was estimated uh, to be 2.6 to 3 million years old and, uh, and, and as it was expanding to the North Pole. The mag magnetic field, uh, uh, you know, affects the sediment in the rocks by leaving magnetic imprints which they could find in the raw in the rocks and 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 uh and it was pretty interesting uh that that uh, when they examined these uh this um uh, fossilized forest uh there were pine trees there were willow trees there were spruce trees and they even found a few oak trees and so a long long time ago uh way way up in the north that has been Icicle City for a long time, uh, there used to be a forest of trees growing there. And then it just got too cold for those trees to grow. And, uh, and they found all kinds of other things, like uh, pollen traces, uh, found that are, that are you know, usually found in regions uh, of zero degrees uh, Celsius or uh, 32 degrees Fahrenheit. And... Uh, so, you know, and they, they can check the, 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 the prebiotic uh, ingredients that they find in the soil and they find, you know, clung to uh, like, like the fossilized uh, trees and things like that. So it's, uh, it's uh, extremely interesting uh, all that uh, is in the potential for things happening. Well, we're, we're going to talk about uh, all these things uh, just a whole lot more as we just keep keep on keeping on all right so um we know that uh, that there are um uh some things that that we should talk about in regards to all these uh different uh uh discussions that 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 we're involved in with all these uh happenings because people say well you know i mean they're happening and so uh we have to we have to look at this well um uh I think you know it's well worthwhile for uh, uh, you people to understand something. Now, the USGS and the Natural uh, Resources of, of Canada, which are connected worldwide to to weather and uh, and to oceanograph and also to uh, you know uh, earthquake activity on the Richter scale, and they keep records. Um, I thought 
to you know just defer some of these things that people are thinking and to make it clear what really is the case to go into the records so uh, I, I I went back in time to check the average records uh, first to nine to the to the year 1900 and then I went back before then and guess what you find well what you find is that uh, that there is actually no changes of increase of earthquakes that uh, that the averages uh, are the same frequencies uh, of of um, uh, of occurrence and yes there are uh, temporary periods uh, where there seems to be an increase uh, you know on the seismic uh, uh, activity uh, scale of the rector scale but but it is also normal because those those kind of, uh, of periods where there are increases has happened at different times back in history. And then when you put them all out, lay them out flat and put them on an average scale, you see that really, you know, it's just the same thing still happening that has been happening for hundreds of years. So, th so the earthquake occurrences, according to all these records, which are very documented records, uh, of of the earthquake occurrences happening is still on the same average of the past as it is in the present and in the present as it was in the past. Okay? Now, people say, well, uh, just look at the wars. We just are in constant wars and look at the people dying and, and so forth. And there's never been anything like this before. Well, and I'm sorry, once again, I'm not sorry, but, you know, you're not right, you're wrong. Uh, so I did a, I did a research on, uh, on the wars, past and present. And I'm only listing a few of them here, and I could have gone back even further. But, you know, I found even as you go back further that, uh, you know, if anything, some of these wars going back further, there was more people seem like being killed than the modern wars that we're having in this day. For instance, uh, let's, let's just cover the 20th and the 21st centuries. You know, from 1958 to 61, uh, we have Mo of China. Uh, he's not alive any longer, but he did this thing called the Great Leap Forward. And during that time, there was 38 million people, 38 million people that were killed. Now, I hope you got that. 38 million people killed in that, in that uh, great leap forward of Mo's, 1958 to 61. Uh, <laughs> you know, we don't have anything going on, uh, happening like that right now, I'll tell you. Okay, in uh, 1932 to 33, uh, Soviet Union versus the Ukraine, 10 million uh, people were killed. 1914 to, uh, to, to 1918, World War I, 20 million people were killed. Uh, 1860, the U.S. Civil War, 628,000 people were killed. World War II, uh, 55 million, but that included the Chinese Revolution. And, and that actually makes quite a difference in, in the total amount. Uh, 1966 to 69, Mo Mo's culture revolution. Another 11 million that were killed. Uh, 2003, the Iraq and USA war, 160,000 killed. Now, uh, you know, when you when you when you look at this, because this is based on world population percentages you know, uh, of what literally happened, 
but but it's also they take it forward and they show that that when when you are talking about the population of the world back then as compared to the population of the world now uh we're living in peace times, practically compared to what, what what some of those conditions were, and and the massive amount of people that were killed. So, you know, um, uh, and and someone says, well, you know, I get a little bit of different information, and I'm not knocking Wikipedia because I, I I like them as an information uh, channel, but um, uh, they are not considered to be accurate on their uh, sources on this subject. And, and um, there is a um, mathematical consequences of how that they, those uh, 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 consensus were put up on, on the, their channel, which it, they show a little, uh, you know, a little more depth, but, but uh, it, they are not considered by the, the people that are really into the scientific uh, end of things uh, doing these kind of re uh, recordings uh, to be accurate. Uh, I'm trying to give you the best possible uh, figures that that are based. Uh, what they did is they took some of the figures that they gave uh, that would uh, show the Middle East and some of the wars there, and if they applied those, then it would basically have de depopulated the Middle East, and so it couldn't possibly be a factual or be true, and so that 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 took them out of consideration for being uh, you know accurate in their their source on the subject, but. Uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, really incredible stuff because, you know, there's people out there saying, oh, we're having more earthquakes now. This is the end of the world. My God, everything is coming to an end. And, oh, we've got all this bloody rain and we've got all of this lakes full of blood and we've got these signs everywhere. What's the matter with people? Can't they see it's the end? And, and, uh, and, you know, and some of the churches are, and people out there saying, well, you better buy my books and read about this and maybe get a dozen of them, pass them out to your friends. And, and some of the churches say, you may, may, better make double offerings now and uh, because we're going to have to help the people that won't make it in the rapture. And I've heard so much of that kind of junk, it almost makes me sick. And I'm not saying that all of the churches are that way. And I'm not saying that all the denominations are that way. But I want to tell you there's plenty of it out there. And all you have to do is look on the, on, on the Internet and you just see all of this captivated mentality of fear that is being preached and that is being uh, slung out like in a, a slingshot, uh, you know, uh, from those left-handed Benjamites and, and uh, who, whose greatest captain was Saul. And, uh, and uh, who uh, died a terrible death uh, for being disobedient unto God. But anyway, let's go on. That's uh, <laughs> another subject. Okay, so, so then um, I, I, I've had different people say to me, you know, why, why don't you talk about the, uh, you know, this, this, this chemtrails? And, 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 and I have told people, I said, well, I acknowledge that they're, they're going on, but I don't acknowledge the conspiracy. I don't acknowledge the conspiracy that they are part of a plan by by uh, a central governments or by uh, rich uh, individuals or etc cetera, etc cetera, uh, without uh, naming all the 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 kinds of groups uh, I don't really like to do that uh, and that that uh, to kill 
to actually uh, decrease the population. I don't believe that, you know. But I, I, I do understand why that, that uh, uh, what is going on with the chemtrails is going on. And I believe that, uh, that uh, it is the only thing uh, that they have in their power to do uh, in order to try to save uh, the world from rushing in at a faster pace uh, because already the, the, the ice uh, both in the nor North and South Pole is melting faster by far than they ever imagined and especially at the North Pole. They, they, the scientists can hardly believe how fast the melt is taking place and the consequences of that. So there is a very serious effort to try to change that. Now Canada uh they 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 have you know that they have the same thing in fact every nature every nation in the world uh that is of any major consequences at all has this this kim trails uh, happening in their skies and and it's because it's a world uh, uh cooperated thing in order to try to stop uh, the the this 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 speeding uh, 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 meltdown uh, of the glaciers and the ice of of, of the Arctic, and um, like Canada, for instance, and I I've noticed it that there's a lot of activity in our skies here. Uh, they they allow fleets of fifty, uh, six fifty USAF straddle tankers to come over the border and come into Canada. Canada allows the U.S. Uh, to bring their fleets over here, and and they are doing this just almost every day, and and each of these strato tankers and strato because they they uh, they put this uh, material out in the stratosphere, and um, so uh, they are carrying three hundred and twenty thousand pounds of weather modification material. And and uh, and they crossed the 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 uh, onto the other side of Canadian airspace to do that, and each uh, 650 USAF uh, uh, you know um, a carrier uh, you know uh, has uh, enough gas to you know not only take care of their own uh, needs, but if one of the other airplanes runs out uh, because they they carry one hundred and fifty thousand pounds of transferable fuel now, what are they putting out? Well, they are putting out aluminum, but it 's not just any kind of aluminum, and it 's a very important thing that a lot of people don 't totally understand but but it is certified to be inert now when something is inert. That means it has no chemical properties to it. It is it's dead aluminum. And they have done something to it to make it so that it's inert. And it has no chemical compound to it. And so that, that inert aluminum uh, is being spread by the jets. And according to the military, it is not considered uh, to be a health risk. Now, we know there are in some uh, nations in some areas where they additionally use uh, 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 barium, uh, but anyway, on with the the thing. So um, uh, you know, uh, there are people that don't agree with what the military is saying about it not having a health risk, and um, so uh, you know, there are um, 
people that say that hospitals in Canada and the U.S. Uh, have, have at times been jammed as a result of uh, certain chemtrails uh, being uh, fulfilled. And uh, like they say, there's been sudden outbursts or onsets of asthma, acute uh, gastrointestinal uh, and upper respiratory uh, ailments, uh, pneumonia, heart problems, aching joints, sudden extreme fatigue, vertigo, excruciating headaches, uh, short-term memory loss, inability to concentrate, nosebleeds, sore uh, necks, twitching eyelids. Uh, then they say that it's not necessarily the aluminum itself, but because they're so high up in the stratosphere, there happens to be uh, various kinds of bacteria that that floats up there in that in that high area, and and when they release that aluminum, it catches on to those uh, those particles of fungi, bacteria, and viruses from the upper atmosphere and brings it down to earth. That is possible. That is possible. And, uh, and then there's things like they say that there's seven times higher aluminum particles uh, than the federal government has said they would permit. So, um, uh, you know, uh, according to the New England Journal of Medicine, uh, even things like, uh, you know, uh, spraying for mosquitoes and dust cropping, uh, these all uh, can lend to some of the list of uh, abnormalities of health that that I mentioned, and so you know they can be they can be serious. So, is there any place that you can go on Earth? Well, I checked that out to say where could a person go and live that you wouldn't have this chemtrails, and it is said in everything that I could find, there is no place on Earth, there is no place you can go and get out of the range of this chemtrail uh, thing that has been decided by world, uh, the world governments to do. Uh, if you have fear that, uh, that there could be something to, uh, you know, the particleizations uh, being contaminated with viruses or, or, or bacterial, or that there's something more uh, potent uh, in the aluminum or barium or all those kind of things, then uh, what can a person do? Well, you can get an ozone generator. And uh, those are sold almost all over the world. And they're easy to get hold of. They're not that expensive. Uh, I think the United States and Canada sell them for somewhere around $279 a unit. If you get the maximum one, which is a commercial, it's $399. And uh, those uh, are said that, you know, they will take any particleization out of your home, make your air free to breathe. I do not sell these. I am not trying to, to promote uh, these units uh, with the idea of you buying them. Uh, I have nothing to do financially connected with any of that. I'm just telling you uh, my research here. And... Um, <clears throat> Uh, the uh, they use the like this max ozone. They the the gas and oil companies use it to keep their uh, you know uh, problems down uh, from that you know they have pollution problems and it keeps that that down. They say that you can even put one out in your yard 
and uh, and it will take care of your yard so that you can be out there and you can breathe. You can have one in the house. Your house will be be uh, particleization pollution free so there's always something you can do i think it's a lot better to do something like that than, than uh just go down the street cursing and damning uh, uh the whole world because the, the the situation exists it exists because there are some people that believe if they don't do this there's going to be millions and millions of people die and my equation that I talked to a person or two about a, a year ago, I said, yeah, there could be some, some um, uh, you know, uh, downfalls to using uh, this aluminum. But aluminum <coughs> is a natural ingredient of the earth. And it's almost everywhere on earth, and there's a lot of it. And so it's something that a person is uh, exposed to most of the time. And, and uh, it's, you know, it's... it's Yes, it, there are possibilities. Uh, there could be some agitations, allergies, or other kind of problems, maybe more serious for some people. But the way the government looks at it is w they are talking that if this thing breaks loose with the problems uh, of, of uh, the, the meltdowns that are happening and the sea ends up rising, the oceans end up rising uh, 20 you know, meters or more, uh, all of the coast cities where there's millions upon millions of people, uh, they would be dislocated. And there'd really be no place for these people to go. And it would be a worldwide uh, uh, disaster financially. Uh, it would be un un incredible. So there is, they have to take the risk adv advantage and say, you know, there's all these people that this is what's going to happen if we don't stop this. We have to try to slow it down till we can get other plans in place. That's, uh, that's my word on it, and uh, you may not agree with it. You have the right to not agree. Uh, everybody has their, their right to agree or not agree. Okay, now, what do I want to talk to you about this? Uh, what else that is, is very, very important? Well, I would like to, to see what the Bible has to say about some of these things because I think uh, it's very, very important. So if you would like to turn with me to Luke 21... Turn with me to the uh, Bible. I'm going to be doing a little bit of reading here. And, uh, and I want you to, to turn with me. And, and Luke 21, verse 9 through 11. So here's what it says. Okay. Uh, then let them which are in, the, in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of, the, of, of it depart. And let not them that are in the, the uh, countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Woe to them that are with child and distress, and, you know, they're going to fall with a sword and, and so forth. Okay, then we're going to go right from that. We see what the setting is, and we go to verse uh, 25. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the seas and the, and the waves roaring, men's heart failing them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be sh shaken. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great authority. Now, um, you know, we see that there's going to be signs in the sun. We see that there's going to be um, uh, signs in, uh, you know, uh, 
in in these different uh, in the moon and in these different mediums that uh, are going to happen. But now let's go back. Let's go back in Luke to verse nine. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be <clears throat> be not terrified. Now, when I see people full of fear, and the greater the fear that they have, the, the better do I understand their separation from the love of God. Because the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. And the more fear that people have, and the more terrified people are of these things, it's because they do not have confidence or faith in their God to deliver them or to show them the right way. Or, or neither do they have uh, uh, the right leader because the Bible says that the sheep are scattered upon the mountains and upon the hillsides because they have no shepherd. And, and so God is calling for, for uh, leaderships to, to shepherd the people and to stand in the gap and to be able to show people the truth and what the Bible really says. Because it says, when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. That's, that's almost, that's Jesus speaking. It's like a command. For these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. The end is not yet. The end is not even by and by. It's not even close to happening, not even close to up the road. It's not even by and by. Come on, people. This is Jesus speaking. This is the Bible speaking. This is the Word of God. What are we to do? Yes, we know that, as I read here just prior to this, that there was a war in, in, and the Romans came into Jerusalem and they destroyed that city, basically, and they took over 30,000 prisoners to sell as slaves. And we know that if the people didn't, when they, when they saw that they were raising, that they were destroying uh, the, the holy temple, uh, they said, when you see this, these armies gathered, get out of there as fast as you can. That's your only, only chance. And, you know, uh, it'll be extra tough on you if you have children because you're going to have to move very, very fast and you have to keep very quiet. But, but you know, get out of that. <clears throat> out of there, that, that, that's your chance. And, and, and uh, you know, uh, it's, it's gonna, there's going to be things happen. You know, there'll be signs in the sun and signs in the moon and in the stars. Uh, you know, uh, God, has, God has put signs in the heavens. He's written the gospel in, in the heavens. There are signs. And, and uh, these things we're supposed to understand. So let me go on because I, I want to share this, the, this with you. And I want you to really see, you know, what, what, what the Bible says. But he says, uh, these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Uh, then said he unto them, nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famine and pestilence, and fearful sights and great signs shall, shall there be from heaven. But before all of these, they shall lay their hands and on you and persecute you. So he said, don't be terrified. You know, you know you're, you've got to be a soldier of the cross. Uh, this, this war is not against flesh and blood. It's against powers and principalities. There's more going on than appears on the scene. There's more uh, happening than people can even begin to imagine. And it's a very, very uh, serious uh, contemplation. And yet, we are not to be terrified. We are not to be fearful. We are not to let these signs, uh, you know, cause us to do freaky things. So let, let's, 
Let's just go on. Uh, I'll just uh, maybe not turn to it, but just give you the essence of it. Matthew 16, verse 2 through 3. It says, You discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. The signs of the time, ladies and gentlemen, are out there, but are people discerning them? Are, are they, they seeing something like, like a, 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 a lake in Texas turn red, and, and, and are they freaking out? Are they saying, oh, my God, this is it. This is the end of the world. Oh, we're going to die. We're, if, we, if God doesn't rapture us, if we're not good enough, we're going to die. And they're terrified. And they're being encouraged to be terrified by a lot of ministry that is out there. And I tell you this. I, I adjure you, you, you ministers that are out there terrifying the people and, and causing them to freak out and, and feel like they have no hope. Uh, all because of whatever your, your schedule of, 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 of trying to raise funds or whatever it is you're doing. I'm telling you, get off of that track because God is not going to tolerate that forever. And I pray for you that God will not harm you, but that God will use you in a true ministry, but that you will stop terrifying the people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Because God does not want his people terrified. He wants her to be a shepherd who has confidence, who is kind, who is loving, who is full of faith, and who leads the people out. And he doesn't go by numbers about who has more or has less, about how great some army is or how ungreat it is. They go by the leading of the Spirit of God, and the angels go before that person. Praise be the name of God. Okay, let's move on. Now, let's, let's look at uh, Mark 16. Um, and let's look at, um, uh, let, me, let me just uh, read something there in Mark uh, 16. Uh, that's uh, actually right at the end of the, of the book uh, of uh, Mark. Uh, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, and they shall speak with a new tongue. Now I want to encourage you, if you're interested in knowing about signs, if you're saying, oh, I'm really into the signs of the times, well, let me tell you, one of the signs of the time that is worth looking into, it never gets old, it's always renewable, is Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. It doesn't, it doesn't go before you like you're worshiping them. They follow you. They're, they're, a, they're a, a fruit of your ministry, a result of your ministry. Be, because God is, is, is endowing you uh, with these gifts, and they are creating signs unto the people that God is moving by his Spirit. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. That's the kind of signs that you need. That's what you want to look at. You don't want to look at all these, you know, these bloody signs. Because they have nothing to do with you. They have nothing to do. Most of those are just natural things that are happening due to natural consequences. But whether they are or not in some particular cases, it still has nothing to do with you because it's not, it's not something that God is speaking to you that he's getting ready to destroy you. Okay, let's go on. Now let's look at, at and go to the book of Acts. And uh, let's just quickly read there. Acts uh, chapter 2. And, and uh, let's see what we can share with you there. Chapter 2, um, verse 15 through 21. Okay? And here we go. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. 
But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. For it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And my servant, and, and on my servants, and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and not notable, notable day of the Lord come. Now, this was a great celebration. It wasn't a reason to be terrified. It wasn't a reason to be, be feared, afraid, because God was saying, hey, uh, I'm going to give you signs and wonders. I'm going to show you things. And, and these signs and wonders are, are going to you know, be in parab parabolic form. Uh, they're going to be parables. They're going to be mysteries. But I'm going to I'm going to give you an understanding so you'll know what the what the language is. So you'll be able to understand it. You know, when I was very young person, uh, and and uh, I had an experience. I was I was in bed, and um, and uh, I woke up. And when I woke up, I looked down to, at the foot of my bed, and I saw an angel. Uh, he was like, you know, clothed in a, in, a, in a mortal body. And I saw this angel standing there. He wasn't looking at me. He was looking toward the wall. And um, I, 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 was, I, I, was, I was terrified, just like a lot of people out there are. Because I, I wasn't expecting anything like that. I hadn't been trained to expect anything like that. And I didn't know what this was. And, uh, and, and then... Um, uh, the I could, the, angel, the angel would speak to me without talking, and, and it would be so clear because his what he thought in his mind went right into my brain, and and uh, so I begin to to rise up out of the bed, just nothing holding me, just levitate up out of the bed, and as as I did, uh, he came moving. Uh, up into the air and he got hold of me under the arm and we went forward lightning streak speed right through the window and the wall without breaking anything we just dematerialized and went right through the wall and and uh, i started walking with him and i knew that's what i was to do and he took me to the corner uh and and then he pointed up and he never thought, never said anything literally, but but he was speaking into my mind, and I could understand it. And he was saying, uh, "Look at the signs." And so I was looking up, and all it was was the name of, you know, like some of the streets, and 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 uh, and I was trying to think, "Wow, you know, what what has this got to do with with anything?" Well, you know, here's the importance of that of that uh, experience that I had. God was showing that the signs out there a lot of times that are the signs of the times that what they're really for is just to show you the direction to go. They're just to help you get up the road in your experience with God. They're just to help you get more spiritual, to help you know how to live your life on earth with yourself and your family, with your business, uh, with your spiritual endeavors. And, and and that's what these signs are for. These signs are to encourage you, you know. Uh, and 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 you begin to see these things. You know, he says, "I will show wonders in the heaven above, signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapors of smoke." 
you know, and we can understand Vapors of Smoke as being Shekinah glory. And, and we can understand, you know, uh, the blood as, as having, you know, all kinds of uh, meaning as, as to, you know, um, uh, the blood of Christ. Uh, all kinds of things. It can, there's many other things we can apply. We, we don't have the you know, time to, to get into all of that right now. But, but it, it certainly does have relevance. Okay, let's turn real fast to Hebrew 2. Get over into the book of Hebrew. And let's just look uh, here at, uh, at our next little uh, scripture because these are all very important. Okay, Hebrews, the second chapter. And we're looking at uh, verses 3 and 4. Okay. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, uh, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is, once again, very specific and very clear that these signs and these wonders are to bear witness to us. That these signs and wonders are to give us assurance of our salvation. And, and they're confirmations, as it says in verse 3, by the Lord confirming that, that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, has been sent to be with us and go before us. Now, when people start turning these signs, every sign that, that, that happens, and everything that is going on out there, and people are not reading the signs as, uh, parabolically, they are not reading that as a message. They're just reading it out of fear. And and they're making all kinds of decisions that are not good decisions. And that fear is tearing apart the fabric of their life and the fabric of their faith and the fabric of their joy and their peace. And, and, and God is speaking like right now and he is saying, stop, stop. He does not want, you know, people to, to get into the neglect of so great a salvation. And how do you neglect so great a salvation? By, by not giving uh, value, by not giving the right uh, assimilation and the right uh, um, uh, direction of understanding toward the signs and the wonders that God is trying to do in the world and, and around about you and in your life to show you uh, that, that he is with you. And he's, he's, he's doing signs in the heavens. He's doing manifoldus type of signs on earth around about. And he said, I'm in control of all of this. I'm in charge of all of this. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. I will take care of you because I love you. And, and that is what the Bible teaches that these signs and these wonders were for. And why is it that people can't understand that. Now, now let's look what's in Jeremiah 10 too. Here's a real powerful scripture. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. We're in Jeremiah 10 too. Thus saith, this is the Lord. Learn not the way of the heathen and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven for the heathen are dismayed at them. Now we see what's going on out there in the world right now. 
people are dismayed and they're terrified and they're full of fear and their hope is strangled. Their future is in such convolution. They don't know if they're coming or going. And God is speaking. And God is saying, don't, that's, that's the way the heathen are looking at these things. Because they don't have what you have. They don't have the promise that you have. They don't have the salvation that you don't have. They don't have the Holy Spirit that you have. They don't have the comforter that you have. They don't have that hope that you have. And it's a shame, a shame, when you who have all of those attributes of God are looking out at these signs and saying, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Oh my God. Oh, there's horrible things getting ready to happen. Many, many times God is just speaking to you out of love. And he's showing the world all around you that, that God is in charge. Just like Nebuchadnezzar when he stood in the palace of Shushan and he said, is not this the great Babylon that I, Babylon that I had built? And one of the things that he had just finished doing was building the hanging gardens and painting those walls with lead paint. Probably smelled so much of that that the lead got into his brain. And right from that hour, that moment, he, he became degenerate and he became like, an, uh, like a beast. And his fingernails grew out like claws, like a bird. And he went out and, he, and they had to put him out with, in, into the grasslands with the animals. And he, and he acted like an animal. Come on, people. Listen to the word of God. The one thing that, that Nebuchadnezzar had to learn was that God ruled. God in the heaven rules. Praise the name of God. That's the message that, that God is speaking. Now, let's go over to Revelations, the book of Revelations. We've got three more scriptures to read on the signs thing. These are very important. Okay, let's start with uh, Revelations 8. And uh, let's, uh, let's take a look at... Um, at verse 7 through 8. Okay, here we go. Revelations 8, verse 7 through 8. And the first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. And the third, uh, and, and the first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of the trees was burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Okay, now we've got a situation of, of fire and blood. Now, is that what's happening? Is it? Yeah, well, okay. Uh, is a third part of all the trees on earth burned up? Is a third part of all the gra green grass burned up? <laughs> Come on. This is a particular uh, thing that is talking about the opening of the seventh seal. This is a major thing that, that is discoursed over a, a, a period of time. And, and uh, for, some, for people to go out there and say, this is in the Bible, that the Bible says that we're going to have the, you know, this blood and we're going to have all these kind of things. They start making references to scriptures like this, totally taking them out of context. The Bible says in the, the 22nd chapter of Revelations, if you change this word, if you, take it, if you take from it, steal from it its meaning, that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing that. Okay, let's look at uh, uh, Revelations 11. Let's look at Revelations 11, and let's uh, go to verse 3, 5 through 6. Verse 3, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, 
and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the whole earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth the enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must be killed. He must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut the heavens that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all the plagues as often as they will. Now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this isn't something happening from the forces dark. This isn't something happening from, from behemoth, from Satan. This is something happening by the two witnesses that are, that are these incredibly uh, high-honored, and, and I don't want to get into the teaching of that, but, I mean, these are at the top of the rung. These two witnesses, and, and they are, have the power to do all these things who for? For the saints of God, to protect the saints of God. And if any of these people out there try to come and do harm to them or to God's people, they have the power to prophesy these, these actions and for them to immediately come to pass. So this scripture that talks about the blood certainly doesn't apply to any of these rivers that are, are, are uh, you know, lakes that uh, have bacterial problems or drought problems or pollution problems and are turning red or whatever is causing them to turn red. It's not connected to them at all. So people should not be quoting these scriptures. Okay, let's look at Revelation 16. Revelation 16, verse 1 through 4. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a, a uh, noisome and grievous sore upon men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out the, the, the vial upon the sea, and it became as blood of a dead man, and every living soul in the sea di died. Now come on! Is this what some of the people, a bunch of the people are trying to say, this is being fulfilled every time they see a little lake turn red or a river turn red? Come on, get off that stupid donkey. That's not a, one of the white, white donkeys. That is a black donkey. Get off of it. It's making you look like Balaam. And I want to hear you to hear this, because this says this happens after the mark of the beast is already out, after the, the image of, of, of the beast is beginning to be worshipped. Uh, and it's, it's involved with the actions of the second angel of this particular uh, 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 revelation and happening that is given in this uh, oracle order of, of things that are, are to be heard. Uh, and I and verse five, and I heard the angel of the of the waters say, "Thou art righteous, O Lord, uh, which art, which was, and which shall be, because thou hast judged us." And and uh, blessed be the name of God. Come on, people, do you see? Do you see what's going on? Do you see how that people are being are being taught these things that that are just not are not right? They're just not scriptural. They're not reading the scriptures right. They're terrifying people. That is not the plan of God. That is not the will of God. And God is moving by his spirit to try to help people understand this. Now, we've got to keep moving here. Now, now, now here's, here's what we want to share. We want to show you that there are terminologies in the Bible. There are things that have been said in the, in the Bible, and because they have been said, there are people that say, well, <laughs> you know, the Bible... It's not, 
It's, 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 it's a, just a fiction book. It's just another mythology. Just another myth. Because <laughs> the Bible talks about unicorns. There's no unicorns. <laughs> That's just a myth. Really. How do you know? How do you know? How could people be so stupid to, to jump ahead and to make statements like that? When they don't even know, because only, only 4 to 5% has been discovered that has to, that has to do uh, with, with the, the, the former creatures that have lived on the earth. And so if they have only known those things for that short period of time, then what is the matter with people trying to jump in and make a statement that that the unicorn doesn't exist? How dumb! Talking about stupid. If you if you want to get hung onto the T-shirt of of believing those kind of people, may God have mercy on you. May God have mercy on you, because I think when the Bible says that there were, that there were unicorns. In Numbers 23, 22, in the book of Numbers 24, 8, in the book of Job 39, 9, and 10, in the book of Psalms 29, 6, in the book of Psalms 92, 10, in the book of Deuteronomy 33, 17, in the book of Psalms 22, 21, and in the book of Isaiah 34, 7, I think that when it says there were unicorns, that there were, that there were unicorns. Now, the Arabians, they feel that, that they have found the wild unicorn. And um, the, this unicorn has two horns, but when it is standing and you look at it from a side profile, because the two horns are so absolutely ex exotically perfect, it just extremely perfectly aligned. When you look at them from the side profile, you only see one horn. And and they look just, and they're white, and they look like, like a unicorn. And um, the thing of it is, uh, they were thought to be extinct, but they found uh, some that had been uh, raised uh, domestically, and they took them and they they bred them and and now there's quite a population that they have and so those perhaps uh you know they're called the arabian ox uh, the arabian antelope and uh who's to say that those were not the uh the wild unicorns that the bible were talking about uh but if they weren't uh there's there's other kinds of of things that that we can look at and that we can understand, and uh, and and they're they're discovering new th kinds of things all the, all the time. Just like I shared with you a while back about how that just thirty miles off the coast of 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 of, uh, 
of Western uh, Gulf of, of Cambus, uh, uh, Surat, uh, the northwestern part of India, uh, that uh, they, they, uh, a marine scientist uh, discovered, uh, you know, um, an, un, uh, an underground uh, in, the, uh, in the ocean, an underground civilization thousands of years old. So, when it, when it mentions things in the Bible, like merma, merman, you know, you understand the mermaid, but it mentions the merman, uh, which we're going to get into after, uh, a little bit, Lord Welling. And it, when it mentions uh, satyrs, uh, as well as the, the, the unicorn, uh, we've got to be careful about jumping ahead. We've got to be careful about you know, uh, uh, taking and, and uh, making judgment because in this particular discovery uh, 30 miles off the coast of, of India, uh, they found a piece of, of wood that dated 9,500 years old. That was like even before the close of the Ice Age. So it's amazing what are they just starting to, to discover. It's absolutely incredible. And, you know, in the, the Gospel of the Stars, uh, you know, the, there is a constellation that stands for the, for the unicorn called Canis Minor. And it's not some mi minor thing. There's no reason people are just going to make up something, uh, especially in the Bible, <coughs> and it's going to be uh, spread among all these different great men of God. And, and there'd just be nothing to it. And, and, and so we just have to start believing that if the, if, if the Bible says it, then we have to say we believe it. And, and, uh, and we, we realize that, th that, that humankind, the mortals, are still in pri primitive discovery. They're into primitive uh, aspect of really being able to discover anything. They have, not, they have not gotten to the place where they can really dig and find the truth. They, they, they don't have the gift of, of, of divining. And, and their witching uh, rods are not working very good. Although, you know, they have found some things. And we, we give them credit for whatever they have done, you know. But, you know, people don't understand. Okay, people say, well, now the dinosaurs, uh, they've been around for millions of years. Hey, get this down into your notebook. The dinosaur name was created in 1841 by Sir Edward Owens. Before that, it didn't even exist as a name. So what did they call the dinosaurs, the, these, you know, things that they begin to discover? What did the Bible call them? The Bible called them dragons. And the word dragon is all through the Bible. So here comes along a man, and he says, well, let's call them dinosaurs. And he give his, gives his linguistic uh, reason why to call them that. And I don't have a problem with that name. I think that's fine, but don't try to tell me that, that, that uh, they weren't called dragons before they were called dinosaurs, because I will know you're wrong. 
That name's only been around since 1841. And it was created by one man, Sir Edward Owens. Wow. Before that, dinosaurs were called dragons. And every culture around the world has legends. Let me repeat that. Every culture around the world has legends of dragons. Dragons are on pottery. Dragons are on cave paintings. Going back before the Neanderthal. When you get into the Babylonian uh, writs and history, there's all kinds of things that, that are discovered. You can look up that word in the Strong's Concordance for, for dragon, number 1404. And they're called, it's called sea or land monster. So the dragon is a sea or land monster. I repeat, the dragon is a sea or land monster. And there's 21 times in the Old Testament that Dragal scriptures speak about the dragon. When they're on the, in the sea, in the ocean, they're marine reptiles. When they're on the land, they're, they're land reptiles. And sometimes those boundaries are convergent. Wow. Well, let's just take a look at a few of these scriptures. We'll just take a little bit of time here. I'm hoping not to run out of time. Let's, let's first look at Genesis 1.21. And God created great whales. Now, if you look up the word whale, that was a mistranslation, believe me. That, that word actually, if you look up it up, it will tell you that this was monsters, sea monsters. That's what it was. And he created the great dragons. But if you want it to, to mention uh, the, the actual dragons... Okay, here's the scriptures. You can, you can look it up because, you know, I have a limited amount of time. Genesis 1.21. Nehemiah. Nehemiah 2.13. Psalms 91.11. Jeremiah 51.37. Malachi 1.3. Jeremiah 51.34. Jeremiah 14.6. Job 14.15, Psalms 91.13, Psalms 74.14, Lamentations 4.3, and Psalms 74.14, uh, actually it should be 74.13 through 14. And Isaiah also talks about the behemoth, which I don't have time to get into today, Isaiah 27.1. So, come on, people. These things are important for us to understand. They're absolutely important for us to understand. So now let's, let's just take a look over here 
to the book of Job uh, 38. And let's look at what God is expecting of you and I. Let's look at this. Verse um, 31. Canst thou bind the sweet influence of the Pleiades or loose the bands of Orion? God is saying, can you do that? Is he making fun of you? Is he saying, I, it's impossible for you to do this? I know that. You're, you're, you're just a selling nothing. No, that's not how God works. God is saying, you can do this. The Bible says you can do all things, all things through Christ which strengthens you. So we know that we can do it because we know that all things through Christ are possible. So if he asks me, can you bind the sweet influences of the Pleiades? Yes, I can. In the name of Jesus Christ, I can. Can you loose the bands of Orion? Yes, I can. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, my Father which art in heaven, I can. Can thou bring forth Mazareth? Now, Mazareth, what does that mean? That's the Zodiac. Now, some people say, oh, if you mention the Zodiac, then you are in, you're, you're into astrology. That's just showing yourself to be very ignorant, very non-biblically informed. That's just showing yourself to be involved in a cheating circuit in which you are cheating yourself and robbing from your own self the divine expressions of God in the Word and the divine revelations of God that God wants to give you so that you can be set free and know the truth in every corner of, of the world where God's truth is being delivered so that, the, so that the knowledge of the Lord can cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Canst thou bring forth Mazoreth, the Zodiac, in his season? Yes. Canst thou guide Arturus with his sons? Yes. Canst thou, can, knowest thou the ordinance of heaven? Canst thou set the dominion thereof in the earth? Yes, yes, yes. God wants this revelation that's written in the stars of, in the, it's the gospel is written in the stars of the heavens. He wants it set in the dominion of the earth. That's what he's calling on us to do because there is a whole whole revelation that's absolutely incredible. Now, I have in my hands this book called The Gospel of the Stars. I've had this for a long time. It's a very old book, and it was copyrighted in 1848, pardon me, 1884 by Joseph uh, Seiss. Joseph A. Seiss. And it's not on the market in this form, but you can get it in other forms. It's not as complete, doesn't have as much as this, but this is an incredible. I'm going to, Lord willing, if I have time, read a little bit out of it. Okay, so let's go on. <clears throat> Canst thou lift up thy voice to the clouds that abundance of waters may cover thee? Yes. Canst thou send lightnings that they may go and say unto thee, Here we are? Yes. Who hath put wisdom in the inward parts? And who hath given understanding to the heart, the Holy Spirit, and my Father which art in heaven? Who can number the clouds in wisdom? And who can stay the bottles of heaven? Remember the, the teaching just a couple, two or three weeks ago about the bottles? <laughs> Come on, the, the message in the bottle? Woo, it's so neat. Now, let's skip over to uh, chapter 41. Let's, let's, let's get into some of this stuff, this dinosaur talk. Canst thou draw out Leviticus, chapter 41 of Job, verse 1. 
Can you draw out Levitican with a hook or his tongue with a cord? Which thou lettest down, can, can you put a hook into his nose or bore his jaw through with a thorn? Will he make supplications unto thee? Will he speak soft words to you? Will he make a covenant with you? Will you take him for a servant forever? Will you play with him as with a bird? Or will you bind him for, your, for thy maidens? You know, obviously, on all of these, it's no. Because you're dealing, we're, we're talking the Leviathan. We're talking, we're talking a physical uh, monster. A sea monster. And, and, and I'm not going to take the time to read this whole chapter. But it, it's incredible. It's well worth your reading it. You, and you, you, need to, you, need to, you, know, uh, you need to read this. Because it, it's, it's, it's quite awesome. And this Leviathan is a real revelation about the dinosaur world. And how the, the giants that there were that were in the sea. And remember what I read to you earlier. They, in the underworld of the sea, they only know 4 to 5% of what's down there. There are new species they are discovering almost every day. Wow. Okay, now, <clears throat> let's look at uh, Psalm 74, 14. And you folks should go back and read the rest of that Job 40 on that Leviathan. I, you know, I don't have the time right now. But Job uh, 74 and uh, verse 14. Thou breakest the head of the Leviathan in pieces and gaveth him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. There's a message here about the Leviathan. There's a word of God here about the Leviathan. It's meant for us to know these things. It's meant for us to understand them. And that's what we're into. And we, we're really opening this up so that you can have this message in its fullness and in its glory and in its power. Psalms 104.26 There go the ships. There is that Leviathan whom thou hast made to play therein. It's talking about this Leviathan being such a gigantic monster that a ship is like a toy to it. The ship is like a toy to this gigantic, gigantic sea monster. It's not a, just a fable. It's not just a, a game. It's some real information here that it's talking about. There's a revelation here, and we're going to get into it more and more, and I'll be coming back over this, these things, but probably not until next week because... There is so much to cover, <clears throat> and just getting it all done here today <laughs> be a small miracle, but I'll get done what I can. Okay, Isaiah 27, verse 1. In that day the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. So you've got the serpent probably the land serpent, which is a leviathan, and you have the dragon in the sea, which is a leviathan. And we've, they, these are sea monsters that have lived in past ages. And, and, and if you had uh, read my, the blog that I did about how that uh, Satan uh, deviated from the plans that were supposed to happen with creation, 
providing bodies for the Ophanims to come and take, and he deviated them by going into this this dragon age. And and that's why he's called the Great Red Dragon. And he cast his tail cast one third of the stars down from heaven, chapter twelve of, of Revelations. And and he went into the, the creation of these these uh, these dragons. And and uh, and and do you know what they're talking about doing now? Well, they're talking about uh, uh, bringing back uh, some of the life of these these different kinds of creatures. Like uh, they're working on bringing back the life of the mammoths. Uh, they already found a creature that had been dead for decades, dead for decades, and they have already brought that creature back to life. And they have found uh, in and and which is they say just almost unbelievable, but they have found in the in the joint, like the hip joint of of the T-Rex and, and, and one of the other uh, uh, dinosaurs, they have found actual uh, tissue in the joint from which they can make, from which they can, they can make an, uh, uh, an egg and, and have that egg uh, 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 birth through a large crocodile, mother crocodile, and bring that egg uh, into to uh, creation and then of course all that has to be done is the crocodile lays the eggs and then the eggs hatch on their own just from the heat of the sun as, as they are in the sand and then they will capture those eggs and nurse those, those little creatures until uh, they become big full size T-Rex and, and giant dinosaurs uh, they're, they're on the trail to that it's, and they have a, another method that, that they're using called epigenetic, uh, which, which is uh, now, that they, now that they have a, a, a computer bank in which they have the, uh, the genetic code of humans, and now they have uh, all but put together the, the genetic co code of the, the, of the Neanderthal man, and... Uh, uh, as they start to put together the genetic code of these other animals, then they're going to take the computer and they're going to use this, what they call epigenics, and they're going to say to the computer, now put these genetic codes together as would make sense for creating these gigantic monsters again so that we can have them back on earth again. Isn't that just absolutely incredible that Lucifer has a plan to bring back the dinosaurs? Isn't that very uh, familiar to the book of, of, of Revelation when it shows how that, that Lucifer, who is the king of the bottomless pit, and that he has this bottomless pit he's in charge of in space, and he begins to make all these different kinds of creatures, in, including the having scorpion-type traits. And they're, they're monsters. They're going to be like monsters. Isn't it absolutely amazing that those monsters are going to be created again? I'm telling you, they're on the trail. This is all part. The, the, the forces of darkness, the forces of good,
are out there. And there is, there is a war for the minds of men. And a war between uh, the, the, the angels. In which they are going all out to bring about all of these incredible things. While men are out there just stupefied. And just uh, sort of men fighting men. And, and not knowing where they're going. And preachers out there stupefying and, and terrifying uh, the populace of their of their the church and in their pews uh, as to being so afraid that destruction is going to come into the world is going to come and they may not make the rapture and they may end up uh, being destroyed instead of being obedient to the words of Jesus you know he said be not afraid be not terrified this is not the end this is not the end it's, it's, it's in the by and by it's on some throne and in my teachings, I show that it's a long ways up the road because there's all these things that, that's being brought about. And God is going to fulfill the scripture that the knowledge of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's part of the plan of God. It is so absolutely important for people to begin to wake up and see what is happening. Is so important. When you, when you look at, at the gospel of the stars, it is so interesting what all is available there. Um, let, me, let me read you uh, from the book here. 490, page 496 in this book. It's not any book you have. But let me just read this from this book of the stars. And, and here's what it says. The zodiac. The word means the separated, the set apart, divided, the apportioned, as the space is given to the twelve signs in the circle of the zodiac, which mark the successive seasons in the year. Selden, form, Selden informs us that in later Jewish writings, Mazareth are the signs of the zodiac, and the singular, Mazel, is used to denote signs singularly. Mazoreth is the same in letter Hebrew that Mazoreth was in the more ancient forms. Everything about it goes to confirm the rendering in the margin of our English Bibles and to prove that the zodiac with its twelve distinct spaces, signs, or houses, bringing forward the seasons in their succession is what is meant. Wow. Now let's look at, at three um, page, well, I'll just turn it. You don't have the book. That's right. 331 here. And let me read this. So absolutely interesting. Here they talk about the constellation of Argo. And we talk about these ziths, and we talk about these ships and planetomes. Well, in the stars, <clears throat> they have this ship that travels the, the, the universe, and it's called Argo. And it, it's a constellation, a consta, uh, constellation um, uh, not, not getting that right, it's a constellation that um, has a complete picture and, and with this whole picture, it has a whole resolution. And it shows 
travelers that that have gone out to to uh, find lost treasure, and of course this lost treasure is talking about you know the talents which represents the soul. And 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 the battles over and the blessed rest, and here this story fits in every part. It's the old ship of Zion landed in the heavenly port, understanding. Every feature takes on an evangelistic light and meaning commensurate with, uh, commensurate with its fame. Nor is it possible to contemplate the vivid correspondence without wonderment at the prophetic knowledge and spiritual understanding and anticipations of those primeval sa sa uh, sa sages who framed these signs and gave out their meaning. And what we read in the story of the Argonauts this ship, Argo, had Argonauts. Like in our day, we talk about cosmonauts and, and astronauts. But, but these actually precede any of those kind of names that have been used in modern uh, uh, astronomy and modern space science. It had the Argonauts and, and is confirmed by the names in the constellation itself. The brightest uh, star in the group is Cannabis. And this is the name of the, uh, of, the, of the great hero that is shown within that particular constellation. There is so much. There is so much to share with you. We see as we get into the, the dragon how Isaiah talks about the sword shall punish the Leviathan. I gave you this, the scriptures. And it calls upon all the children of God to sing when that day arrives. Isaiah 26, 27. And the name of this great constellation is Drago. D-R-A-C-O. The dragon. D-R-A-G-O-N. The Trodnon. The chief star. Which has several ancient names. It is so incredible and so interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, the world is not ending at this time. The world is opting to fulfill the scripture that the knowledge of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. What these dragons were and what they represent is all about the war between Lucifer and his plots and his plans and do not think for one moment that Lucifer does not know that the very implant of the dragons is even in the chicken embryo they have been able to, in epigenetics, go into the embryo of the chicken egg and find before, it, before the genes start turning them off that they have teeth. That they have other features that if those were left to develop would turn into draconian type 
of creatures but they're turned off and that really brings us into an understanding about how that in the sea we read to you in the last few weeks how that the beginning of the creation of creatures was in the waters of the, of, of the earth of the, of, of the world and that out of those waters was created life and the fowl and the fowl which then later went to the earth and began to multiply on earth oh I'm so far from getting to finish this teaching but we have to stop there's so much to be said dear brothers and sisters I want you to listen to this word and I want you to know that the Lord wants to pass on to you from this manifest word the peace of God because Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he wants to give you solace and he wants to bring you into the, the, the Sabbath rest of God a day like no other day in which you will find this peace of God and this trust of God and this joy unsurpassed inexplicable and full of glory our Father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done reach out your hands of love and send forth the energy of the love of your Holy Spirit upon these persons who are listening and they that need healing in their body anywhere from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet cause the Holy Spirit to begin to churn within them to begin to move like a spiritual whirlwind of healing and set them free ever with whole in the name of Jesus God bless you we love you Goodbye.